in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time i had trouble talking about it congratulate them we know they doubted somehow we made it up out the pit back against the wall never quit traversing through each obstacle show a non-believer what's possible let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams let's go and that come at us to come in between life gave me the worst yet my side grew so green we've been down in the dirt been tossed in the trash but i never strayed from my path when we're gone we ain't looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right it is tuesday november 22nd 2022 11 22 baby this is the in between fantasy football podcast back with you coming at you like creed for our annual thanksgiving special seth wolcock the charlie brown of this sitcom is back here leading the way and i'm joined by the wholesome yet wild family that is the pull votes jen will be on here in the second half of the show and for the first half we are stuck with her great husband the tight end collector nathan pull vote nate how are you as we approach Thanksgiving? Uh, it is officially Blackout Wednesday Eve here on Tuesday when all the girls and the boys return home from college and everywhere else they go in the world to their local bars and do what they do. Nate, how are you as we approach this crazy time of the year in addition to uh, just getting started here in the back half of the fantasy football season? Well, now that I've gotten over you putting Scott Stapp on our thumbnail, I cannot overstate my dislike for that band i'm good i'm good man it's been an eventful week already we're tuesday we've had some crazy stuff going on in the nfl that we'll get Absolutely. to thanksgiving's coming i'm not stressed about hosting at all so you know everything's good man I'm glad to hear that, Nate. This really is a special time, and I wanted to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We do have a loaded show coming your way, front and center. We're going to talk about some of the big injuries. Week 11 was a kind of a doozy. Uh, it kind of went under the radar, but a lot of injuries that we got to break down. Random running back cuts happening today, yesterday around the NFL. What's going on with that? What is the fantasy fallout? We're going to do some temperature check, our annual comparing NFL players to food comps. That's one of my favorite things to do here. And then a fun Thanksgiving, would you rather? Hopefully Jen will be on with us for that. And then some in the scopes, waivers, and free agent finds. Um, Nate, I want to welcome in the in-between family with you, my friend. Looks like we have Craig already in the chat as well as well What's as up, Albert. Buddy? What's up, Craig? What's up, Albert? We appreciate you guys being a part of this IBT family. If you guys are new to the in-between family, thank you. This is your dose of feel-good lifestyle advice with that fancy sports advice that you need. Please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if this is your type of content. We're here on YouTube as well as uh, all the audio platforms, whether that's Apple, Spotify. You guys know where to find us. Nate, we are absolutely loaded, my friend, so I don't want to take any more time. and Let's jump right into Front and Center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. Somewhere in between, I've got you come to the place. Just 
Right, front and center. Let's start it out here, Nate, with some really devastating news to the Atlanta Falcons and fantasy managers. Kyle Pitts, second-year tight end, he tears the MCL. He's going to require surgery for that. And it was a pretty devastating hit. Like, he got hit right on the knee. You kind of saw it buckle a little bit. It was a very brutal injury to watch. Ends his season with, with 59 targets, just 28 receptions, 356 yards, and two touchdowns. He was not even on pace for what he produced last year. Tight end 18, just three games of double-digit PPR points in 10 outings for Kyle Pitts. He was injured that one game as well, Nate. Um, just a very disappointing season for Kyle Pitts, and you know you hate to have it end this way. He was my second-round pick in Scott Fishbowl. So, I mean, RIP Kyle Pitts 2022 season, but we were already there. It was yeah. over for him yep. anyway. It sucks. You hate to see your player get injured, but like, let's be honest for us fantasy managers, it makes it a lot easier week to week. Cause now we don't have to struggle with, am I going to start Kyle Pitts or am I not going to start Kyle Pitts? Let's just hope he comes back next season, fresh, ready to go. And this Atlanta offense gets him more involved next year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the only thing this means for fantasy is maybe a little more targets for Drake London, but I mean, Drake London's so freaking hard to trust. Had him as my short thing sleeper last week, Nate. And he caught a touchdown first drive of the game. You and I are congratulating each other in text for that call. And then it comes back on us. And he doesn't do anything else. One reception, two yards, one touchdown. It was almost like Brian Drake, our guest, said on Friday, his his sustainability with those yards is so tough. So does this make you up what you think from Drake London the rest of the season at all? Nope. I don't know what this offense is. Nobody knows. They don't even know. They, they run the ball a little bit. They throw the ball effectively at times, but then ineffectively at other times. Is Marcus Mariota good? Is Marcus Mariota bad? I don't know. I Drake London is what Drake London is for the rest of the season. The same thing he's been. Inconsistent, hard to rely on. You're looking for a boom week from him. Boom bust wide receiver three, I think yep. is, you know, low end wide receiver three. Yep. I agree. Nate, in other news as well, Wandale Robinson tears his ACL, and he was having a breakout career game, 9 of 13 targets, 100 yards versus Detroit before tearing that ACL. And, I mean, again, this is another brutal one. You hate to see these young emerging players, especially in his breakout game, having this type of injury, but it is what we can expect here in the NFL and in fantasy football. How do you break this down for the Giants? Are you knocking Daniel Jones at all? And Darius Slayton, who we've been using the last couple of weeks here, does he take a bump up for you? So a Slayton was already pretty high up for me. If Wandale had stayed healthy, it might have dinged him the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite there yet with Darius Slayton, but this does elevate him a little. But let's be honest, Daniel Jones' strength is not throwing the ball frequently. The Giants have to run the ball to win. They got away from that last week, and it really, really hurt them, and they lost the game. Again, they shouldn't have lost to Detroit. Ultimately, what this means is this offense is going to stay the same. It's not going to get any more dynamic, barring some other change with their personnel. So what we've gotten out of the Giants the first half of the season, we're, we're going to get the same thing. Wandale could have added a really dynamic Certainly. element to this, but he's he's gone. So we're, we've got Darius Slate. We've got Richie James. Maybe Daniel Bellinger comes back at some point in the next couple of weeks. We don't know. And that that's what this offense is. Yeah, I think I kind of put Slayton almost as a wide receiver three moving forward. Like, rest of the season, Slayton or Drake London? Slayton. 
I'm probably on Slayton too. I'm, I'm hot. He's been consistent, has another big game here last week. So yeah, I think you can roll out Darius Slayton and in matchups like this last spot here when Daniel Jones finished as the quarterback three in week 11, you can roll him out as well. Outside of those guys in Saquon Barkley, stay away from the Giants offense. We got some more IBT family members in the chat. We got uh, we got our girl Rachel back in here telling us hello. Hello to you as well, Rachel. And then we have HooveTube in the chat. Hoove Wiener. Let's, let's go. I baby. get a text. I get a text like every one to two weeks from Hoove out of nowhere that just says Wiener. So this tracks. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate their support as always here at the IBT family. Nate, let's talk about Clyde Edwards Alaire and Kadarius Tony. We finally got the nuts to start Kadarius Tony here in week 11. Backfired a hamstring injury for him. Maybe it wasn't all hoopla to begin with. And then uh, CH suffers the high ankle sprain. He'd already been taking over as the starter, but let's start there. W- what does this mean for Isaiah Pacheco, Nate? 15 for 107. Still just three targets on the season, not really getting involved in the pass catching work. But the Rams, Cincinnati, Denver, Seattle, and Denver back on the schedule here for Kansas City upcoming. So no matchups that really scare me moving forward. So here's the thing about Isaiah Pacheco. He's had 15 plus carries the last two weeks. Great. He's starting to, he's getting the RB1 usage. He's not seeing targets. He hasn't scored a touchdown. He had 107 yards last week. He had 10 something points. The problem is, is that this offense scores touchdowns in the air. And if they do score them on the ground, it's Jarek McKinnon in those weird short yardage situations on some sort of gimmick play. Or it's a guy like Michael Hardman who's on IR. It's not the running backs. The running backs don't score touchdowns in this. Clyde offense. was at the beginning of the season, though. Does that, but that, but that, no, it doesn't change anything for me because they haven't, they put Pacheco in that role and they're not using him that way. Some backs just aren't goal line backs. And that's the, the look at DeAndre Swift. He's a perfect example. Yeah, great he's running back. Inside the dude, 10. Once you get inside the 10, that is Jamal Williams' territory. For Kansas City, when they're inside the 10, this is Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, That's- I, can, I can understand that. Are, are you willing to, at this point, then drop Kadarius Tony as well, Nate? Because we finally get the nuts to start him. I don't want to play this game with a hamstring. We thought maybe this could be a spot start for him, and uh, he leaves you with a donut as Kadarius Tony has to time to time. So I'm fine with it. I think that, he, I mean, we don't know how reliable he's going to be the rest of the season. Plus we've had other guys kind of step up in this offense. Justin Watson out of nowhere led the team in routes, run passing snaps and average depth of target last week. So they don't need him. And with this hamstring injury, they've made an investment in him and long-term is best if they let him rest. And, Cause clearly there was a problem. We all made jokes about he was trolling the Giants. It was it was really there. Yeah, so, something was there for sure. And I think even if he is back on the field, I think this offense has other options that they're going to use ahead of him, especially if Juju's healthy when Miko comes back. So yeah, I yeah he's droppable. Go ahead and drop Kadarius Tony, guys. Go ahead and drop Clyde Edwards-Alaire if you haven't already. We talked about that a little bit last week, and then so on. I think at this point, Pacheco, I mean, he's a flex, low-end RB2, maybe high-end RB2, and the rest of the guys are plug-and-play from this uh, Chiefs offense here. Let's go ahead and talk about Mike Williams. This was a bummer for me and a couple other people I know who started him as well. Uh, Re-aggravates that ankle sprain, made an athletic 15-yard catch early in the game, and then goes out. Obviously, the ankle was not 100% coming into this. And, Nate, like generally, I just think the Chargers – 
training staff sucks. Like whether it was the Justin Herbert thing years ago or Keenan Allen coming back too early th- this year, like I don't want to blame them for this, but it seems like a trend with the Chargers is you don't really know what you're getting when people are coming back from injuries. Maybe that's luck or, or how do you feel about that? Cause I'm just, I'm a frustrated manager at this point. I am too. Uh, I'm frustrated with the Keenan Allen situation because it took him so long to get back and then he looked okay. Losing Mike Williams after one target, 9% of the offensive snaps and boom, there's clearly a medical issue with this team. I think Justin Herbert was set into action when maybe he should have had a week or two off with those broken Certainly. ribs. Certainly agreed. We've seen Austin Eckler rush back from injury. We've seen Keenan Allen in the past rush back from injury. Now it looks like Mike Williams has rushed back from an injury. That concerns me the rest of this season because now we have two marquee wide receivers who are dinged up, and we don't know that this team is doing right by them. I'm not saying they're droppable, but if at a certain point, if they're not getting back on the field and we're in the fantasy playoffs, don't you think you have to pivot elsewhere? I mean, I, I absolutely agree that Keenan uh, or Mike Williams, if you needed the spot, you could drop him depending what we see this week, but. I'm expecting a multi-week injury absence from this, at least to get him right. Keenan Allen had a really nice game in his first one back, but Josh Palmer seems like the honestly the one to roster at this point, which crazy coming into the season, we wouldn't have expected that, but he had two TDs this last week. So I like Palmer coming up. I will say, though, you got to keep some faith in this Chargers receiving core because the schedule, Arizona, Las Vegas, Tennessee, Indy, and the Rams. That is almost as great of a schedule other than Indy that you can get towards this end of the season. So keep the faith, I think. But, I mean, it is frustrating. And, like, it makes me for future years want to downgrade almost Chargers players a little bit because of this issue here. Yep. Matthew Stafford, Nate, re-enters concussion protocol. It is brutal right now for the Rams. They are out of playoff contention at this point. Who knows if Matthew Stafford comes back? We've talked a lot about concussions in the past. How do you feel about this for Matthew Stafford, Nate? Well, I think Matthew Stafford's out for at least two weeks, which is fine because his fantasy value has just plummeted this season. He really hasn't been great. He's throwing a ton of interceptions again without the touchdown upside. The Rams just aren't scoring points. This offense has sputtered. I think what I saw was their 3-7 and seven record through 10 games was the worst record by a Super Bowl champion the following season in NFL history. That's bad. And they, they have just, the whole offense has been inefficient without Cooper cup. Now they don't really have a lot of electric weapons. Van Jefferson, maybe if they can get him more involved, but you're looking at John Wolford for the next two weeks. The only player I think on this offense that has any value those two weeks is probably going to be Allen Robinson because Wolford's going to lean on the veteran presence. Van Jefferson is only in his third season and hasn't played a ton. I I think there's a chance we can, but don't bank on that with Allen Robinson. Yeah, you don't want to go out and like, like he got a touchdown this last week, but without it, he had about seven or eight points. So, yep. you know, it's not something you want to chase. Kyron Williams, I might be interested in playing him because of this next news. And that's Daryl Henderson Jr. gets released today by Los Angeles. And I made a tweet and like, I, I think it's like how I thought about this is, I wonder if they were in Madden franchise mode. They're scrolling down to release Cam Akers and go one too far to the D and Daryl Henderson and accidentally click A on Daryl Henderson because, Nate, this makes no sense to me. We saw Daryl Henderson obviously in the doghouse this past week, gotten no run at all. Cam Akers had 14 touches. Kyron Williams had seven for a couple yards as well, plus two targets. So he was in the doghouse. But how does Daryl Henderson go from 
the starter a couple weeks ago to out of Los Angeles, especially after everything Cam Akers has done this year and how Henderson's been a way better running back for them. What the hell is this about, Nate? I wish I could tell you. When I saw it today, I, I double-checked the account to make sure that it wasn't parody account. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't believe it when I first saw it. Kind of how I felt about another thing we're going to talk about here in a minute. It doesn't make sense to me unless they believe that all of a sudden now Cam Akers actually is going to be good. I mean, they gave him the ball 14 times, but or they're completely abandoning the run game. I do think Daryl Henderson is on the last year of his deal. So maybe that's that's part of what it is here. Um, but I think they're just saying, okay, maybe we're done with the season. Um, it looks like Albert's saying Henderson is dealing with an injury as well. So maybe they just have the roster space to keep him. I don't know. It's just a mess in Los Angeles. And I guess like the one thing I'll say about Kyron Williams, why I like him moving forward is he's great in pass protection. Maybe the best running back they have on that roster. Well, I think especially now without uh Gerald Henderson the, right. in pass protection. So I think Kyron Williams, I don't think the ceiling's super high, but he, he's had a couple points the last couple weeks. So in some deep, like 12 plus teams where you really need a running back or 14 plus teams, 16 plus teams, Kyron Williams is a name to look at. Um, you can roster Cam Akers at this point, but you know I don't really want to start him, Nate. No, we've we've reached the Kyron Williams part of the 2022 season, folks. Welcome. Yes, we are here. We are proud for it. Uh, Nate, let's talk about another running back here. Melvin Gordon released by Denver, and this is another one that really doesn't make any sense for me. Um, I know the the fumbling issues have have been a concern. The post game interview wasn't great for Melvin Gordon. But Chase Edmonds just suffered a high ankle sprain in this, and Latavius Murray got all the work, Nate. So what do you think? Let's just talk from a fan perspective. You're a Denver Broncos fan. Like, What does this move mean to you? Because Melvin, at least, man, he wore his heart on the sleeve, and he at least gave his all for the last two, now, you know, three years in Denver. I honestly don't know what to say about this. I'm becoming less of a Broncos fan and I'm starting to lean more on your Steelers for my fandom because it's a far less painful. No, it still Broncos sucks. Teams. Yeah. It sucks, but like in comparison, you know, mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I get the fumbles, but you're also looking at a team where now you have a guy who hasn't played meaningful snaps in what, three seasons as your RB2. You've got Latavius Murray who hasn't been asked to carry the ball 15 or more times a game, but three times a season since 2017. So this is your backfield now by, and by choice, you could have kept, you could have kept Melvin Gordon and you just lost chase Edmonds and you did all of these things having lost chase Edmonds to IR. 17 for 49 plus four for four and 23 yards for Latavius Murray through the air last week, Nate. So Latavius Murray, I think moving forward, he's probably the guy here as far as fantasy goes. Three of of his four games have been double digit in the last four outings with Denver here. Worst finish in that last month is RB 31. So he's a low end RB two, high end RB three. Like we're at that point in the season, you know, uh, we're talking about these replacement running backs and Latavius Murray. I mean, kind of lucked into a situation here in Denver if you had him. But uh, how about it, man? Because I know a lot of people picked him up when he was still in New Orleans out for that London game as well. So just a, a crazy situation here, Nate. Latavius Murray, like I'm willing to throw him out there now. I have concerns back to my previous statement since 2017. He's only been asked to carry the ball 15 plus times in a game, three times per season. He's already done it twice this year. 
The Broncos have six games left, seven games left. Do you realistically think that he can carry the volume on a team? Yeah, I do. I do. I honestly think he's going to get it. I mean, he got 17 carries. He had 21 touches this last week. So I do think he can do it. Um, like I'm not, I'm, I'm not in love with it, but at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm far less skeptical than you. He's the starter now, but I don't think that he's capable of being as involved in this offense as they're going to want him to be. I don't think his body can do it. I mean, the dude's been in the league since 2016. Mm-hmm. My kid wasn't even born yet. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. That's when I was graduating high school, oh, but all good. Take Nate. that back. He's been in the league since 2013. My okay. Bad. I mean, dude, he's got, he's got tread on the tires. I'm not, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying he doesn't, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with Latavius Murray as a low end RB two, high end RB three moving forward. He's a starter for a team. He just had 17 plus PPR points this last week. It, it's not great, man, but this is where we're at. We're talking about Donta Foreman and, and you know, these type of players at this point, Kyron Williams, Cam Akers again. It's like, this is where we are. That, that's a fair point. Beggars can't be choosers here. At the end Certainly. Of the season. So let's talk quickly about a couple quarterbacks here. Nate as well. Justin Fields dislocates that shoulder. That's going to be an issue moving forward. However, we don't have a lot of injury updates here. So we, we don't want to really be skeptical and speculate what might happen. Um, but something to be aware of if Justin Fields is going to miss some time. That entire Bears offense goes downhill a little bit. And then here's Zach Wilson. Nay, I know you had some tough words for Zach Wilson. He responds very poorly in a post-game interview after going 9 of 20, 20, or 22 for 77 yards. Missed Mims on an easy TD. We got Dan Orvlosky over there on uh, ESPN saying Zach doesn't know the playbook. How do you feel about this, Nate? Because I, I know after the game I said I'm not totally writing him off, but I was disappointed with the performance um, but that was before those those uh, those comments as well. This is a guy who doesn't care. He's Zach Wilson is in it for the fame and the fortune part of it. He doesn't care about winning, or he cares a little bit, but he cares more about the fame and fortune part. He's a star in New York City, man. Like it doesn't get much bigger than that. But when you go out and complete nine passes for seventy-seven yards in an NFL game that your defense shuts down an offense and a running game that was capable of putting up far more than three points on you in four quarters. And then he basically is like, whatever. After the game, Robert Sala needs to bench him. He is acting like a petulant little child. And I know this because I have a five-year-old and I'm pretty sure that my five-year-old would have been more remorseful for that poor performance against New England. This was a division game. This is an important game for New York to win. They're up there. They're in contention. But this team isn't in contention with Zach Wilson at quarterback. If they ride him the rest of the season, they'll finish last place in their division. Well, you brought up a couple of weeks ago, this might be a possibility um, Robert Sala has not committed to Zach Wilson moving forward as the starter either. So keep that in mind. Um, we do have Albert asking in the chat, do you think it's, they're going to start Flacco or Mike White? It's definitely Flacco's team. If, if it is Wilson, who's going to get benched cause they are in playoff contention here, Albert. Great question though. But I do think it's Flacco who's going to get fired up. Um, even my, though he my- was inactive last week in favor of Mike White. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if that has something to do with special teams or something else, but I, I don't know. I, I still think it is Joe Flacco. I, I understand what, what you're talking about. I tend. Here. No, I tend to. I agree with you. 
I completely agree with you. I was just curious your take on that part of it. My, my last type, my last take here on the Zach Wilson situation is I'm still not going to write him off. He has a lot of maturity to, to improve on here with the Jets. Um, Garrett Wilson was frustrated at times. You saw Mims frustrated at times. If they want, if they want to be a great team, which they have the potential to be with, led by this defense and coaching staff, it is his time now. The the this, the pressure is on Zach Wilson, and if he doesn't compete this year, Jimmy G's a phone call away. You know, so I think the pressure is on um, Garrett Wilson moving forward. He's a little shakier than he was. However, I, I think you still got to roll him out as a wide receiver three at times. Um, Want to quickly get to a couple things in the chat here. First, we got uh, we got Didi says hello, hello boys, happy Thanksgiving week, happy Same Thanksgiving to you. to you as well, Didi. Hope you're doing well over there at the lake house. Says she says, well said, Nate as well. Nate, let's go ahead and move forward though. Um, I think we're just about done here with the top of the show with uh, front and center. So let's go ahead and jump into our next segment here. Temperature check. <laughs> Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. All right. Temperature check. Nate, we are back making food and player comparisons in the spirit of Thanksgiving. This is one of our favorite segments of the year, man. And before we jump in, Nate, like, what is your favorite Thanksgiving, whether that's a dish, side dish, whatever that is? Um, what is number one, 101 for Mr. Nate Pulva when it comes to Turkey Day? Well, my father-in-law... Jen's wonderful father, Ed, has taught me how to basically smoke a turkey on Ooh. a charcoal Weber grill. Since we had that, and since I've started being the person, we're the people who host it, I've learned how to cook it, that has become my favorite part of Thanksgiving is that Weber charcoal grill smoked turkey. Close second, though, is the corn casserole I make because it's delicious. Okay. I also do love corn casserole. Corn casserole slept on as hell. So, Nate, let's get into these comparisons, my friend. And uh, why don't you take this first one? Um, give us who, who you think is uh, comparable to a Thanksgiving dish. So, I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. He is ham. He is delicious. He is the meat of the meal. If you don't have turkey, of course. But turkey is lean. Jamal Williams is a big, fat touchdown scorer. I mean, three touchdowns last week. He delivers every time. He's RB13 on the season, despite sharing a backfield with DeAndre Swift, who is supposed to be this transformative generational talent, which hasn't exactly panned out. Jamal Williams, if all else fails, you give him the ball at the two and he scores a touchdown. And if just like ham, how like earn your turkey, you just go to the store and get a damn ham. And I think, honestly, day. ham should be served with the turkey. Like, I, I like the options. I, and I think, honestly, you can you could serve ham just as much as you could turkey like and i i think that's why i love this comparison from you nate and like guys let's wake up like jamal williams right now is leading the nfl in rushing touchdowns he has been phenomenal i think he's going to continue to be phenomenal as well three tds last week he's the goal linebacker like this is no longer it, it drives me up a wall when i when i see some like RB handcuff articles or something like that. And they still say Jamal Williams is a handcuff or they still say this is a committee with, uh, with Deandre Swift as the one a, because it's absolutely not. And not I'll talk close. a little bit more about that. Um, here a little bit later on down the road. Um, and I want to talk about my comparison and I'm going to talk about Buffalo chicken dip. 
Um, I'll show the, the player name here in a minute. Um, but guys, Buffalo chicken dip, it's hot. It's explosive. It's fiery. It's fun. Um, it's the great beginning of an appetizer that maybe not everyone has it at their Thanksgivings, but if I'm at your Thanksgiving, that's probably what I'm going to bring just as a guest. I think it's kind of courtesy to, to bring something and I'll, I'll bring some buff chick dip, but it's something like snack on that buff chick dip, enjoy that buff chick dip, but while everything cooks and people kind of gather and are drinking, having fun. Um, but don't, don't eat too much because you'll fill up on it. And you'll also regret it later if you if you eat too much of it, if you eat it later on. And guys, it sounds a lot like here DeAndre Swift, Buffalo Chicken Dip, is DeAndre Swift. Um, it belongs at the event. It's a great commodity, but you can also overdo it. And uh, if you do, you'll regret it. And guys, let's wake up because DeAndre Swift has had one game of 12-plus touches this year, and that was in week one, Nate. So this kind of goes along with your hand pick. DeAndre Swift, he's awesome. He's explosive. But he's also risky as hell to, to keep eating it, you know? Well, when you've got a guy who simply can't score inside the 10-yard line. We saw two weeks ago they gave him a goal line carry, and he got bounced back like he was like a little rag doll, which is why they're going to Williams. And Swift has value in the passing game. He's quick. He's agile. He can get around the edge. He can he's run getting touchdowns, too, at, at he's times. Getting, he's getting touchdowns at times, but not, not the 13 that Jamal Williams has not the league leading touchdown pace that Jamal Williams has managed to maintain. Like I love Deandre Swift, but you have to temper your expectations with him this season, rest of season and next season when you're drafting him, he has a ceiling and it's probably a middle of the road RB two. Yeah. Especially when you've got a guy like Jamal Williams, but if Williams is gone, they'll find somebody else to fill that role because Swift just can't do it. Yeah, it's uh it's a bummer. Buffalo chicken dip, love it, but uh that's how we roll here. Um Nate, I want to talk about another comparison for me this year and it's that fall mixed drink and I'll talk a little bit about the the, the fall mixed drink. So this is like that thing you kind of see tucked in the corner, maybe your aunt or your uncle brought it. They don't really say anything about it. It's in a jug. No one's talking about it. No one's drinking it. But then, you know, by the end of the night you kind of make your way over. Oh, what is this? Kind of smells like fall in there, a little cinnamon stick action, you know. Um, and then you sip it. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, you, you have a glass. Oh, that's that actually kind of made you got, get a buzz rolling, you know? And then you're like, man, I should have been sipping this all, all day long. But no one was. Just like how this player, people should have been playing all season long. People should have been rostering all season long. And they've been phenomenal. 10 plus PPR points in five straight games. Nine plus PPR points since week four. He's been a consistent hero. Wide receiver 28 since week four. Guys, give it up for Donovan Peoples-Jones, the fall mixed drink of your Thanksgiving. I really like this. He's been, we've highlighted him a few times. My lovely and beautiful wife, Jennifer, has highlighted him a few times as well. Certainly. He's the deep threat. Yep. He's, he's the only deep threat in this offense. Amari Cooper's that middle level threat who can get deep at times, but Donovan Peoples-Jones just goes. And we've seen him doing it for three seasons now. And what's more exciting is he gets what could be a very explosive, talented quarterback next mm -hmm. week. I mean, I'm personally hoping he sucks, but that's for another show. But he could be, I mean, this could elevate Donovan Peoples-Jones rest of season to be a kind of wide receiver who, if you've got him stashed, he could be a league winner in this offense rest of season. I mean, dude, he's just been so consistent all season long, you know? 
And I think he's going to continue to be that. And the upside is just going to increase. He finally ha- has had two top 25 uh, wide receiver days in PPR formats these last two weeks. So I'm riding high with DPJ. And uh, Nate, I think you have one more on here as well if you want to go over this food comparison as well. So this one, I'm going to go the way that you went with this. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to do the slow reveal because I really like that style. Rolls. You never really think about the rolls, right? I don't. I no, don't. no, they're just, they're always there. The rolls are always on the table at Thanksgiving. You always put one on your plate. You always eat it. But do you remember that you had the roll? No. Not necessarily. You, you, sla- you, you slap some butter on it, you set it on your plate, you forget about it. Then at the end of the meal, you're like, oh, my roll gets to clean up all of the gravy and all the awesome sauces. Jimmy G, everyone forgot about him. Trey Lance, Trey Lance was the turkey. Trey Lance was the stuffing. Trey Lance was the corn casserole that everybody was excited about in San Francisco. But at the end of the day, after all that mess, who was here to clean it up? Jimmy G, just like a Thanksgiving roll. And now this team's rolling. And it's not that Jimmy Jimmy G's not necessarily playing exceptionally well but he's adequate enough in this offense to do what they need to do to win games. They've surrounded him with tools because what's a roll on its own? Just a dry piece of bread. That's, you need all yeah. the other parts. You got to have all the other parts. And that's what Jimmy G is. He's the role that excels with all of the other parts. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he has a consistent floor. He's probably going to be a top 12 to 15 quarterback almost every week. We're at the point where I look around and I see Jimmy G. He could add a bonus to any team right now. He could probably improve, what, half the league at this point? Like the both New York teams, Carolina. There's so many teams that could use Jimmy G's presence, Nate. Um, I, I, love, I love this comparison, man. Uh, do you make rolls homemade for Thanksgiving? Or do you God, just- no, I'm a terrible baker. Okay. No, no. No, no. We buy them from Sam's Club. Are they like the big fluffy Johns? <clears throat> Yeah, they're like the dinner rolls. Like, Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, I love the comparisons here that we got. Um, let's go ahead and move forward to uh, our next segment of the show. Let's jump into some Would You Rather. Would you rather, baby? Let's go. All right. And to do this, we're going to bring in one of our IBT family members, one of our staff members. He's audio editor extraordinaire, the man with the plan, Mr. Kyle Jim Scott. What is up, Kyle? How are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great, Seth. Thanks. Uh, if you'll remember correctly, a couple weeks ago I was on here. I said, I want fall weather. I want it to be colder. And my wish has been granted. It has been freezing out here in southeast pa not what yep. i wanted you got you got the the full extreme man we didn't have like a gradual you know getting colder it kind of got a little cooler and then got warm again and now it's winter that's what we got here too it's not fair 
It is not fair, but it, hey, boys, Thanksgiving's here. Like, it's a little bit of a, a break from the so mundane work week we get to do every day. Are you a Thanksgiving fan? You you, you like this time of year, man? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the fall holidays. I like them all equally, uh, but I like Christmas more. Okay. Okay. That's what we like to hear. Um, Kyle, can you explain the game that we're about to play? Explain so, what uh, what what would you rather and what we're getting into. Yeah, so it's in the name. Would you rather? I'm gonna ask you a question which has some options, and you're gonna tell me what you would rather do. It's uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Okay, okay, let's freaking do this, Kyle. Start us out here. Yeah, so we're gonna start off with some Thanksgiving. Where would you rather black out on Thanksgiving Eve and wake up? Uh, at the bathroom stall of your local dive bar? At your grandma's kitchen table? Your high school football field press box? Or a random back seat of a truck? Okay. Okay. I'm all kind of freak is picking <laughs> the back seat of a truck. So, okay. So, let me, let me add some context to, to some of these answers here. So first of all, Blackout Wednesday, like it's kind of weird. Nate, like, did you ever think about like why is Blackout Wednesday a thing? Like, why does everyone like think this is the time? Yeah, we just got to get hammed up, you know. This is the first time I'm hearing of Blackout Wednesday. But well, you I, did, I like it. You did know though, it is the most alcohol consumed day in the United States of America. I did not, but I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I guess I kind of would have thought it was like Christmas Eve, but you no, know, this tracks. I get it. You think but, it's just something about like coming back to your hometown for a lot of like people who don't live around where they grew up? I think it's a lot of people going to see family they don't really want to be around, and that's why they moved out of state. And the only way to get through it is to drink. The weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey man, that, that there that are tracks. a million movies about that exact scenario. So there you go. Yeah, that tracks. Um, so the, the options here that Kyle pointed out for us: bathroom stall of your local dive bar. Love that. Uh, your grandma's kitchen table, high school field press box, random backseat of a truck. So I got to tell, it was last Thanksgiving Eve, I think. Um, I had a buddy from home who he went out to the bars, you know, got a little crazy. He was going to hit up the gas station, you know, get get some food before he goes home, sober up like a normal individual. And he just, uh, he woke up in the backseat of a truck. It it started snowing on him, raining. So he just like found the way to a backseat of a truck and, uh, yeah, that's that. So, uh, Nate, are you taking the uh, random backseat of the truck? Absolutely not, dude. Grandma's kitchen table. Safe. Nobody's going to draw anything on my face, in theory. You, you think Graham's going to be respectful then? Oh, yeah. And if okay. she's not, you can't really get mad about it. And she'll yeah. draw flowers. Okay. Likely okay. nothing phallic, hopefully. I'm going to take high school field press box. I think that would kind of be just be like dope to wake up. Holy hell, how did I get here? And then it's like, oh, yeah, you're at your like your high school field press box. Might have done like the celebratory, uh, you know, half field J like they did in Days and Confused. You don't really know. But I think at the end of the day, you're having a good time there. I'm taking the, the high school field press box here. Kyle, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. That is a bit more of like a hangover style how did I get here? What happened last night? What was mm-hmm. in that drink? But I think, yeah, I, I, I think I would have to agree with Nate. Go for the safe choice. Grandma's kitchen table. Okay. That's where all the good stuff is. 
There's not even okay. a game on Thanksgiving at a high school field. But there's hey, a that's going on at grandma's table. So I'm saying you can get away with a lot, a lot more in the in the field press box, probably. Um, guys, let's get get some more opinions on this. Let us know in the chat. Where do you guys want to wake up here on uh, on on Thanksgiving morning? Jen, how are you doing tonight, my friend? It's good to see you finally. Oh, we got you mute. Oh, we got you now. How you doing, Jen? <laughs> oh my God, that sums up my evening for sure. I made it. I'm here. Finally, got all of the audio things worked out. Headphones are working. I have some information on my computer about what we're talking about tonight, but very little. So it's going to be entertaining. That's for sure. There we go. There you go. Um, did you hear our last question here? What we were talking about? I think, where would you rather wake up on Thanksgiving morning? Yes. Thanksgiving morning. Yes. You're blacking out on blackout Wednesday. Um, where do you want to wake up the next day? You have bathroom with a local dive bar, grandma's kitchen table, high school press box field, backseat of a truck, random. Oh, um, uh, probably press box. I feel like that would be a really cool story to tell. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Like, hey, guess what I did? And that's like a story you can tell for years. Right. When you put it that way. Nate, you got to have more adventure in you, my friend. You got to have more adventure. Um, guys, before we jump forward, I, I want to get to a couple things in the chat. First one, we got our guy Colt Snowdy. Seth, Nate, what's yeah, up, homies? Colt. Hello, Jen and Kyle as well. Met hey, Colt out of the Fantasy Football Expo. Just a hell of a guy. Pleasure just having you drop in tonight, man. Uh, thankful that you're tuning in. Hope you subscribe to the channel. Come back and hang out with us again. Um, then we have Eric here. Eric's a, a good listener of the show. Do I start Terry over Pittman this week? Ooh, okay. So uh, Pittman, Nate, we uh, a lot of people kind of doubted him continually here, and he's produced. Um, Terry McLaurin, on the other hand, been a little up and down, but been good as of late. How do you feel about it here in NFL Week 12? So because of the matchups, I'm going to tell you to start Terry McLaurin because they're going up in Atlanta secondary that sucks bad and i think heineke has been good at exploiting some of those weaknesses on teams and mclaurin's been his wide receiver one million like no one else no one else in that offense really matters much when it comes to passing the ball i think mclaurin has the has more upside this week yeah i, I mean michael Pittman has a primetime game against the steelers bad secondary but it's like I almost see that game kind of being like a run the ball on both sides, Najee, JT. So I'm going to agree with you. I think Terry has the upside. He has a safe uh, floor as well. Disappointing week in in, uh, in week 11 for him, Jen, but I think you still got to roll Terry here. Uh, do, do you agree? I think he comes off four for 55 against the Texans. Yeah, I think that he's kind of the glue that's holding things together right now. His positivity, his momentum in the locker room, as well as on the field, minus, you know, a, a difficult day. Um, as far as being the star of the show this last week, but I think it's just still too uncertain with Pittman. I would go Terry. Okay. Okay. And then we have another question here from Eric. He's saying, would you trade Pittman and Gabe Davis for Amari? Um, other wide receivers, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kirk and Terry. So you really need only needs to probably start one of these, um, one of those two wide receivers he's, he would be dealing. I am interested in that. Nate, how do you feel about it? Because it is kind of an enticing matchup down the stretch for Gabe Davis Lions this week. Um, of course, then he has the dolphins and the bears and, uh, rounds out the Bengals in fantasy football championships. 
that sounds like something I could get behind. I don't know if I want to go two for one, especially with uh, injuries piling up here. I'm with you not wanting to not wanting to go two for one, but what Amari Cooper has done this season has been fantastic. He's will been, he do it? Will he do it with Deshaun Watson though? You think? Well, it depends on which side of the fence you're on with Deshaun Watson stuff. Because I'm of the thought that I don't think he's going to be very good at least rest of this season. He's rusty. He's got all the personal stuff going on, the lawsuits, distracted. Not great matchups for him either, Nate. Right. Tex, he'll come back, face the Texans in his debut. That's not going to be fun in Houston. Bengals, their defense is playing better. Ravens, their defense is playing better. Saints, I mean, that is what it is. Commanders in the championship, and commanders have been great lately. So I don't really think I, I want to do that. I don't think I would either. Uh, Gabe Davis, this offense is – trying to get him more involved. He had more targets and stuff on digs in the first half last week. So they're clearly trying to use him. I think it's only a matter of time before he's probably a beast for the fantasy playoffs. Like he was last year. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm doing this trade air. Um, if I can get a better wide receiver with more stability than Amari, I would consider it. Um, Jen, are you in that boat as well with us? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that Amari Cooper equals Pittman and Gabe Davis, like just to begin with, that's not equal at all. Um, and Amari Cooper, I, he and I are not friends. No, <laughs> I, I don't care for him. It's very annoying to me when he goes off like he did on Sunday. That said, I think he's a great player. But like you said, the whole Deshaun Watson thing could kind of throw a wrench into everything. Yep. All right. And then we have Brad Bull back in the chat. He's saying, hey, all sorry, been at work and missed the show. Well, hey, Brad, we appreciate you tuning in anyways. I know it's Wednesday over there in Australia for Brad. So we greatly appreciate you, our friend. Kyle, how would you uh, load up this uh, this next question for us here in Would You Rather? Yeah, we got something a little more football focused. Football is, of course, one of the main many focuses of Thanksgiving. So would you rather start Gabe Davis or Jamal <laughs> Williams on Thanksgiving. All right. So playing right into the hand here, we got Gabe Davis. He's going to be firing up against the Lions at 1230 p.m. I kind of love those uh, those early morning games there. Nate, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about Gabe Davis there or uh, Jamal Williams in the same game as well? I'm going to take Jamal Williams because the guy has just been a touchdown machine. I mean, what he's got four games this season. He hasn't scored a touchdown and only two, only one single touchdown game. Otherwise he's had three, two, 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 and one touchdown games. He's going to score. We don't know what Gabe Davis is going to do. Detroit's not great, but Buffalo's on a short week. Having had to travel to Detroit last minute, go home to go back to Detroit I think Jamal Williams has a multi-touchdown game this week, and I think he probably gets 60, 70 yards on the ground. I agree with you on Gabe Davis here. They looked out of sync a little bit before you know, before the second half of that game, not getting a lot of practice time this week or last week. They had some virtual meetings. Jen, are you riding with the upside of Gabe Davis or sticking with Jamal Williams, who I'm pretty sure he got a touchdown last year for the Lions on Thanksgiving as well? Yeah, I'm sticking with Jamal Williams. I mean, he's proven himself. It, it week after week, like you said last week, three touchdowns. How can you, how can you not start him? Yep. All right. Great question there, Kyle. Let's go ahead and move forward. And in, uh, in would you rather? Yeah. So moving on, would what 
Thanksgiving movie would you rather watch? We got The Blind Side, Tower Heist, Jack and Jill, or a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Ooh. So, have you guys have you guys all seen all these movies? First of all, I would like to know what qualifies any of these besides a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving movie. So, okay, the and blind, yes, I have seen all of those movies. Okay, The Blind Side happen. They have a scene on Thanksgiving. It's a very what? Scene. yeah. It, it, they're like eating dinner all at the at the like the the coffee table and then then michael's like eating it all at the table so they all join him at the table and like do it super traditional very sweet moment touching mo- moment in the film um tower heist happened during the macy's uh thanksgiving day parade so also very prominent as well for thanksgiving and jack and jill it i think the first couple scenes are in thanksgiving awful movie though i mean god that that movie should have never been made adam sandler plays the guy and the girl in that one so yeah that that's that that's how Jen that that is your answer and Kyle. Okay, well because we've got a a kiddo uh, who's now I guess into movies has an attention span to be able to sit there for twenty two minutes and watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's gonna be that's gonna be mine. Plus it's sentimental to our childhood. You can't you can't ever say no to Charlie Brown. Yeah, Nate, how do you feel about it? Jen makes a great point. Charlie Brown. I mean, it's only a thirty-minute program compared to these other ones. You're hour and a half, two hours in. Well, I mean, we grew up on Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, obviously, because we're old. Um, <laughs> old and young alike, Nate. Well, the youngins can say this too. Seth, that's Kyle, that's true. I grew up on it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was okay, okay. Right. okay. So it's okay. not just an old person thing. Yeah. I love it. We're old. We're old, though. It's the only one that says Thanksgiving in the title. <laughs> it's the only one that's actually a Thanksgiving production at all. What's the sentimental side? Like Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Um, here we have uh, we have Brad in the chat saying, never seen Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Probably as Thanksgiving isn't a thing here. Wow. Didn't even know. Wow. I guess it is a very American thing. So, uh, it's man. 1,000, 1,000% American. I apologize about that, Brad. That is awful, my friend. <laughs> Cheers to you nonetheless, buddy. Um, I think I'm going to go Tower Heist. I haven't seen that one in a while. And, like, that's a pretty good – that's, like, what? Ben Stiller, Eddie Murphy. Like, there's some really good actors in that, man. I like Tower Heist. It is a good movie. It's funny. It's um, suspenseful. It's a it's a good movie. I do like Tower Heist. Kyle, you're shaking your head at me, man. It's just if we're counting a movie that takes place that has the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in it, then I would say my favorite Thanksgiving movie is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. There, there. I thought you were gonna say Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Is what you're gonna say, but no. that's you know. what I was saying no to. Hey, no, what? but I would pick Charlie Brown Thanksgiving because it's 20 minutes of of pure cinema. It's all killer, no filler. Snoopy, makes it <laughs> jelly beans, popcorn, and pretzels. If that's not the best TV Thanksgiving dinner you've ever had, then I don't know what is. Let's do it, man. I like it. I like the analysis there. Kyle bringing in the fire, making it 3-1 Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I'm on the outside. 
at least I hope Brad's heard of Tower Heist or some of these other movies, The Blind Side. I mean, that one's a tearjerker. I don't want to get into that right now. They they killed that one, Sandra Bullock and that gang. But uh, man, that one's sad. Um, Kyle, let's uh, let's move forward here. I think we have two final would you rather questions before we talk a little bit about waivers. Yeah, we're gonna go back to fantasy football for a second. Would you rather start Zeke or Darius Slayton on Thanksgiving? Cowboys or Giants? Big matchup. Dude, I mean, Zeke has not been consistent for us. You can't say that Slayton has necessarily, but like, I can't, I don't trust Ezekiel Elliott anymore. He had a decent game on Sunday. Some touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he smashed. But that's Zeke of 2019. That's what we saw. That's not going to continue to progress throughout the season, especially with Tony Pollard. He's averaging averaging 15 attempts last two games, Jen. Five five touchdowns over his last three games. Um, So Slayton is safer, but but Zeke has some TD upside as well. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I love the laugh, and I'm with Jen. Because Darius Slayton, we just lost Wandale Robinson. So he's he's going to become the receiving focal point of this offense unless they decide they want to throw it to Richie James. And also, to back up what Jen said, Tony Pollard. Y'all, like, forget about it. Start Darius Slayton. I do think Zeke, I'm going to be probably taking like an anytime TD score on Thanksgiving for Zeke that way. Um, I just think the ceiling is a little bit low. I, I think Darius Slayton has a higher ceiling. Trayvon Diggs, he's one of those corners that if he's guarding, Darius Slayton, he he could try to jump the route. Darius Slayton ends up with a nice play. We've seen it a couple times this year, him getting in the end zone. Yeah, I'm going to go Slayton here, guys, which is uh, crazy to sl- say, but uh, Slayton's been slaying, so uh, love it. <laughs> Kyle, let's, uh, let, let's giddy up here. I think we got one more. Yeah, we're going to round it out with one more Thanksgiving-themed question. Uh, what game would you rather play on Thanksgiving? So now this is going to be – at grandma's house with all the cousins, with your friends, with your family. So we got backyard football, always a classic, having the pigskin on Turkey Day, uh, flip cup, Texas Hold'em, or spoons. Ooh. Those last two are card games. I think I know Jen's answer to this one. What do you think? Flip cup. <laughs> yeah, when we were 25. You don't think we could regain our championship form? I could. We could. We could exactly. do this. We Just could. for Thanksgiving. You're not playing it every weekend. Yeah, but we have a kid who wakes us up between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning. So as long as Flip Cup starts at like 5.30, we're done by 8.30, cleaning up the kitchen, everybody's out of the house by 8.30, then fine. I can do it. But I think... Foot this. cup leads to not wrapping up a party at 8.30, unfortunately. It doesn't. It doesn't. We've had many a flip cup parties in our garage, and those tend to have the cops called <laughs> towards the end of the night. So so we might want to stay away from that on Thanksgiving. Not since we had a kid, just to be yeah. clear, if anyone from social services is watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I think... I think I'm going to say, let's get outside. Let's burn off some of our excess food and, and beverage and get out there and sling the rock. Jen, I am with you. Backyard football, man. It is the epitome 
of what Thanksgiving should be. I've never got to play backyard football, I don't think, at Thanksgiving since I was a kid, but I would love to get into that right now. Like every movie you see people like ripping around backyard Thanksgiving, like wedding crashers and stuff at like a, a family events. Like, yeah, I'd rip that. I tear it up too. So uh, yeah, I- I'm the QB. Let's uh, let's play backyard football here. You're invited to our house next year. Let's go. All right, Nate. What, what final question? It goes to you, my friend. You gonna show any love to Texas Hold'em or spoons? Nope. I'm <laughs> not good at poker. I don't play because I lose all of my money very quickly, but I do play backyard football because there's no money involved. There's no drinking involved and I might screw up my body a little bit, but it's Thanksgiving. It'll be fine. I'll just, you know, have some wine and some turkey and some tryptophan and fall asleep and feel great the next day. There we go. There we go. We got Brad saying, can I come to Thanksgiving next year? Absolutely. Yeah. Brad. Let's go, man. Make the make the journey over and you're welcome with whatever one of us or, or both of us or all three of us at the same time. I absolutely want to do an IBT Thanksgiving one of these days as well. So, uh, Brad, we appreciate you, our friend. Um, Kyle, we appreciate you as well dropping in here with all your uh, all your knowledge and uh, thoughts here. Do you have any final thoughts on whether you're playing uh, backyard football, you're going flip cup, what you're doing on your Thanksgiving? Yeah, I would not play football personally uh because i have played backyard football on thanksgiving and it's always at like noon it's always before dinner you're not working yep. off any calories i'm still in the fasting stage of thanksgiving at that <laughs> and and sangria and you're asking me to go run routes dude get out of here <laughs> play, play play defensive line count to five mississippi all right, you've never seen me in person to tell me the <laughs> Yeah, Christ. Kyle's got that corner body, baby. He's got he's got them long arms. Let's go. Hey, we appreciate your opinion as much as we do your hosting on these segments, man. Uh hope you have a great Thanksgiving, man, and always appreciate you hanging out in the back with us. Yeah, same to you. Pleasure to be here. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's go, baby. That's our guy, Jim Scott. That is Would You Rather. And guys, let's go ahead and round things out here with one of my favorite segments. We bring it to you every single week in the scope. I have the in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right. In the scope. We've got a question already from Colt as well. You guys targeting the potential one-week rental of P. Ryan um, above other waiver claims this week. So let's get into waiver claims, guys. I mean, I guess it depends on who else you have on your team. I mean, obviously, taking the place of Mixon last week, he he rose to the occasion for sure. Three touchdowns. I mean, he had a freaking bomber of a week. And I mean, is Mixon coming back? I mean, there's that two-week, maybe so, maybe one week. I don't know. We, we've, we've seen... Players come back from this new concussion protocol in a week. We've seen it take two yeah. weeks. We've seen it them not miss any games at all. So t- l- let's talk about these first couple waiver wire options here. Rashad White only roster in 34.4% of ESPN leagues. I'd rather have him than Samaje P. Ryan due to the long-term value. Latavius Murray, 34.2%. With Melvin getting cut, I'd rather have Latavius. And even Isaiah Pacheco, 43.7%. I'd rather roster him over Samaje due to the Clyde Edwards-Alaire injury. So I would prioritize all those players over P. Ryan 
Nate, would you agree with me on that? Yeah. As soon as Mixon's back, Pirine's value fades for the most part. However, what I think is interesting, and maybe we haven't talked about as much, is if Pirine can show that he's reliable in this offense, is there a chance he gets an increased workload like we've seen at other points during the season to try and keep Mixon healthy for that stretch run? He, I mean, he has he has been kind of used in in that change of pace role, and he's seen some games where he's gotten some whole drives that have equated to maybe ten fantasy points um, at times. But I think like Joe Mixon, dude, he's one of the biggest workhorses in the league. Like you can never play P Ryan while Mixon is out there and feel confident. I think is the issue. So I, I think with all these other guys, they have more standalone value. Would you agree on that, Jen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So Colt, we love the question, man. Um, for me, who are you guys targeting out of these, uh, out of these running backs here, Rashad white, Latavius Murray, Pacheco, Nate, I know we kind of answered a question about this earlier to me. It's probably Latavius Murray because I think is the clearest path to, uh, an RB one, but Rashad white is right there with me as well. I'm on Rashad white over Latavius Murray because I don't think the Latavius Murray in three weeks is still the RB one in Denver. Okay. Okay. Jen, uh, are you, you taking your Denver love here with, uh, with Murray or would you go a different way with White or Pacheco if you had top priority? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Murray has stepped in. It's been awesome. He's done a fairly decent job. Um, but I feel like the other two have proven themselves. They've got a little bit more staying power. It's a mess in Denver. So I just, I can't, I can't put any, anything into Denver right now as a whole, honestly, minus maybe Greg Dulcich and Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. kind of, and Jerry, if he comes back in the next week or two, but for the most part, it's a mess. Okay. Let's talk about wide receivers quickly. Darius Slayton. We already highlighted him. He should be rostered in all leagues, 21.5% rostered. We've also talked about Donovan Peoples Jones a lot on this show. Get him rostered guys, 38.5% uh, rostered. He's been the wide receiver 28 since week four. Get him on your teams as well. Traylon Burks had a blast off last week. Career game for him might be a blip on the radar, but might be worth the ad as well at 22.7% rostered on ESPN leagues. And then Sky Moore guys as well, 16.3% rostered for Sky Moore. Um, Sky's kind of interesting here, Nate, I think with, uh, with all the injuries to the wide receivers as well. I, I don't love Sky Moore because he's had ample opportunity to kind of step up in this offense this season and he hasn't done it. So they've pivoted to other players for more consistent usage. He's a boom. He could have a boom, but you don't know when it's going to come or if it's going to come. Jen, do you feel any type of way about Sky Moore? I think he can be a little more consistent than maybe Nate's letting on. They've taken him out of the punt return role that he was not good at all. I was surprised he was in that role to begin with. And he's moved back towards the slot with no juju here. Might not be a full-time thing, but do you are you interested in Sky Moore? Would you be using any type of fab or roster priority on him? Again, depending on what I need, what I have he's not a bad weapon to have in your back pocket. Should you need somebody as a streamer from one week to the next? I mean, you can't count anybody out. You cannot in Kansas city. You just can't. And if sky Moore is still out there and he's available and you have space on your bench, you have a need. Mm-hmm. For, like, there is nothing wrong with picking him up, throwing a couple bucks, 
5% maybe of your fab that you have left, maybe 10% since we're nearing the end of the season. Um, but I'm never going to say no minus CEH to any Kansas City player. That's my girl. There we go. There we go. Some love from the full vote gang. Um, final mainstream priority claims here to talk about. Greg Dulcich, he's still out there in just over 50% of ESPN leagues. And Jawan Johnson, Jen, you call, I mean, this was one of your best calls of the year. You've been on these St. tight ends this season, 19.2% rostered. He's been a beast in back-to-back weeks. He's been a beast uh, tight end five over the last six weeks, guys. So Jawan Johnson, Jen highlighted him a couple weeks ago. You could have got him for free if you were listening to that podcast. Um, but Jen, still very appealing, I think, here as well as we head down the stretch. Oh, a thousand percent. And I mean, obviously Andy Dalton likes him. Obviously he's making um, a reputation for himself that he's reliable downfield, that he will catch the ball, that he will take it into the end zone. And I mean, his other competition down there, yeah, Olave, um, not Taysom Hill, that's for sure. So he's, he's your guy, guys. Go get him in such a thin, tight end space. Get him. Yeah, he he's become outside of Olave pretty much their their number two pass catcher. Yeah. Um, Alvin Kamara, of course, kind of works in there as well. But Jen, great call by you a couple weeks ago. We do have a tight end question here from Luca Magic. Welcome back, Luca. Good to see you today, our friend. Um, he's asking who should he be picking up, um, whether that's in half PPR. He has the opportunity to go uh, Conkling. Dulcich or Ingram, I cannot recommend playing uh, Conklin right now, especially against the Bears who wind the clock down a little bit more this week. I don't want to go that way. Greg Dulcich, I'm okay with against the Panthers. I don't mind that one. I normally would rip Evan Ingram out with some confidence, but they are playing uh, the Ravens this week, the Jaguars. Roquan Smith's going to be out there. Patrick Queen, some very talented linebackers. Jen, do you have a lean one way or the other here? Dulcich. Safest option for you? Yeah, hands down. Nate, you had Dulcich as your short thing sleeper of the week. He didn't hit our criteria, but he still had above seven PPR points. Do you roll back with him? Yep, absolutely. This is a good matchup for him too. So, Yeah, I still like Evan Ingram. Like if you can roster two tight ends or if you can stream Evan Ingram in the future, I would do so. But just against the Ravens, they have been a better defense here. And like I said, that linebacking core got a lot better with Roquan Smith joining it. So I don't like him quite as much this week. Um, Great question though, Luca. We appreciate you tuning in as always our friend. Um, Here we have, all right, we have a question here from Colt asking, uh, do you think Josh Rosen, cough, cough, I mean, Zach Wilson gets benched this week. Kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Colt, in the show. We spent a little bit of time on it. Um, Nate actually went on a really nice rant about Zach Wilson, Um, but I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I I can't say with certainty because I know Joe Douglas, the GM, would not be happy about that. Jen, we didn't really get to hear your perspective on Zach Wilson, though. So do you have any additional thoughts you can offer, Colt? Dude, this is such a polarizing player right now between – sorry if I double down or repeat anything you guys have said, but, um, I mean, between his press conference, his attitude, I I don't know. that It's just like he hasn't been named – as a starter, obviously. Right. For team morale, I would say you bench him because the team's not really behind him right now either. I think that you 
you take what happened last week, you bench Zach Wilson this week, put him in timeout, basically. <laughs> You're going to put him in timeout. Yeah. He's going to think about what he's done. Yeah. He's going to think about what he hasn't done. And he needs to make a plan for himself moving forward and what he means to this team. I love it. I love it, Jen. I, I love that analysis on it. Um, Colt, we appreciate the question, man. Um, he's saying, sorry, I missed that in the beginning. No problem, man. The more the questions, the better. Um, we just uh, are really happy you're tuning in tonight, man. Um, guys, let's go ahead and move into our In the Scope candidates. These are the guys that we can add after waivers run. You probably don't need to spend any fab or waiver priority on them. Neat, why don't you start us out, our friend? So we've talked a lot about this Broncos backfield tonight with the release of Melvin Gordon. Is Latavius Murray going to be the guy? My in the scope this week is journeyman running back Marlon Mack, who recently was signed by the Denver Broncos. Then he was elevated from the practice squad with Mike Boone going to IR. Now he is the running back two in Denver with the release of Melvin Gordon. He's sitting behind Latavius Murray. And while this seems crazy because he's recovering from an Achilles injury a couple years ago, this is a similar time frame to Deontay Foreman kind of going off last season. So Foreman was a non-factor for most of last season, but when they needed him, they activated him and he balled out. We didn't think it was sustainable. He's still doing it. I'm not saying that Marlon Mack is Deontay Foreman, but what I'm saying is that Marlon Mack now has the opportunity that Deontay Foreman had last season. He's stepping into an offense that's in trouble. that's having a hard time running the ball but needs to get away from the passing game because they haven't been successful. They haven't been able to do that. Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball too much. They've got Latavius Murray, who's been effective. But looking back through stats, he hasn't been asked to carry the ball 15-plus times a game more than three times a season since 2017. He's done it twice this season already, once with the Saints, once with the Broncos. My concern with riding Latavius Murray as a fantasy manager is that he's not going to be able to continue to carry that workload for the Broncos rest of the season. He's 32 years old. That's old for a running back. We're talking about a guy who's been in the league since 2013. Marlon Mack doesn't have a lot of, he's got a lot of tread left on his tires. He hasn't had the workloads. He's not as tired as Latavius Murray. I could see a situation where he has some like middle to back end RB two games, Marlon Mack in relief. Maybe gets a little bit involved in the passing game, though when he was healthy in Indy, he wasn't super involved. This is a it's a dart throw. He's rostered yeah. 1.6% of leagues on ESPN. But if you can get him, stash him on the back end of your bench, this could be huge come playoff time if Denver can get something going and actually start running the ball. You know, when I first saw this on on you know, you talking about it a little bit earlier with me. I was surprised and I, I I didn't really like the call. The more I started to think about it is you are right. I mean, he is at this point two, two plus years removed from that Achilles, kind of like Foreman was. And this Broncos backfield is wide open. And while I do think Latavius has a great shot at being an RB2 the rest of the way, what are the Broncos had to lose? Like try out Marlon Mack, see what happens, see if he's a guy you can bring back next year on a veteran minimum deal and, and get away with it. So as a stash guy that you're picking up and paying nothing for, I'm okay with it. Jen, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Nate uh, was very passionate about that. That was 
quite the <laughs> stream of, of thoughts there. We almost needed a little bit of a, a timer or, or, or a ring ding, something to <laughs> get him to take a breath. But I mean, he's not wrong. And Seth, you're not wrong either. There's nothing that the Broncos have to lose at this point. You might as well roll with Marlon Mack. If you are heading into a week where you've got a ton of injuries, you need, um, a guy to just bridge that gap for you, Marlon Mack, could very well do it. I love it. I love it. Quick question here from Albert. He said, did you guys mention that Sam Darnold was starting for the Panthers this week? We didn't. It, it kind of came across the feed after we'd already kind of laid out the show today. And the only reason I'll say, Albert, we didn't talk about it because we, we can mention it, but nothing changes. It, right. It's been the same Panthers with DJ Moore or with – uh with PJ Walker as it has been with, uh, with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So it doesn't really, I don't think affect fantasy. If you got to rip out DJ Moore, you got to rip him out in fan in friendly matchups. You can throw out Foreman. That's about it. I think here on, on Darnold, but Albert, we all always appreciate the question. Our friend, um, I want to roll into my, in the scope candidate next, just cause I am so juiced up to finally talk about this guy. I was so hot on him in the off season. Now it's finally come to fruition guys. And my, my in the scope target is going to be Mr. James Cook out of Georgia. He goes 11 for 86, and he looked explosive this last week, like how he did at Georgia when he had over 1,000 all-purpose all yards, when he had 11 total TDs. And the matchups upcoming for Buffalo are very friendly for the running back position, Detroit, New England, and the Jets. And I think these are games, guys, that we see the Bills get ahead of in. Detroit, New England, the Jets, maybe Detroit they can get behind in, but these other offenses I don't think the Bills are going to play with. So I think this is going to allow them to get Cook more involved. And I think right now, guys, like like they need Cook to make a Super Bowl run. Like Let's just be honest. Devin Singletary is a great running back, but right now for them to be very good, they need both of these guys working in a tandem and he needs more experience under his belt, especially in pass protection. So I think we're going to see more James Cook down the, down the stretch, guys. And I think Buffalo, they want to win a couple ways. And one of them is not by having Josh Allen pass it and run it so much. Here are Josh Allen's numbers after the bye and before the bye here um, in the 2022 season. After the bye, 32.5 passing attempts. That is way under league minimum versus 39.8 passing attempts before the bye, way over league minimum. So I think they're wanting to throw the ball a little bit less. They want to lean on that defense. They want to lean on the run game. Six rushing attempts for Josh Allen per game after the bye. Okay, that's still a lot for a quarterback, but he was averaging 7.8 before the bye. So uh, he's not running as much. He's not passing as much here, Josh Allen. I think James Cook, if they want to make a run, it'd be smart for them to get him involved. Maybe he's not a factor, but for a guy you can probably pick up with without spending a lot of fab, um, I'm in on James Cook, guys. Yeah, I well, love it. The thing that's interesting about Cook, because I wrote about him this week in my column for in between, is that he had 16 snaps last week. 13 were run plays, three were passing downs. Yep. He had 11 touches, 11 carries on those 13 running play snaps. Then on the three pass play snaps, he was targeted three times. So he might not have a ton of opportunity every week, but when he's on the field, they're using him. Mm -hmm. And we saw it, 11 carries for 86 yards. He only needed 11 carries to put up eight PPR points. Well, standard fantasy points. I This is a good call, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I love James Cook. He was super explosive in college. And, like, I finally saw that. You know, like, he, he's one of those runners who – 
he gets out of the gate and then he finds the hole and he explodes a little bit. And we finally saw that here in week number 11. So I'm thrilled about it. Um, sounds like you guys are thrilled about it as well. Jen, bring us home with your uh, in the scope candidate here for week number 12, please. So mine's uh, an oldie, but a goodie. We've got Randall Cobb here. He's only rostered in 3.3% of ESPN leagues right now. Um, what has Aaron Rodgers been lacking this entire season? It's been consistency, reliability. Exactly. He loses faith in all of his rookies. I talked about it several weeks ago about what a baby he's been. And I think that he's now been reconnected, at least starting to fill a hole in his heart for what has been missing. Um, He caught all six of his six targets for 73 total yards last week um, versus his other receivers, Lazard, five of 11, Christian Watson, four of six, who he's struggled with throughout the entire season. Tunyon, two for four, Sammy Watkins, zero for two. So like six of six from Randall Cobb for Aaron Rodgers is just a gateway to success. It's like he's locking in, he's getting it, he's he's going to find him every single time. It's not going to be like Devontae Adams, but it will be somebody who he can rely on. And at 3.3%, you're not going to find anybody cheaper who's probably going to put up the most consistent points for you for the rest of the season, who's still out there. I, I love this call, Jen, and it's sneaky because – Last time we saw Robert or uh, Randall Cobb was October 6th or 16th. So it's been a long time. It's been a month since we've seen him. But let's keep in mind the last two healthy games this week, you mentioned six for 73. The game before that, seven for 99 in London against the Giants. That's how long it's been since he's been healthy. Like those are really good numbers, man. And like Randall Cobb, he might not have the boom weeks that Christian Watson's going to have that Alan Lazard's going to have, but he is going to have stability here, I think. Like right now, they just released Amari Rogers as well last week, the other really good slot wide receiver, young wide receiver. I, sh- I shouldn't call him really good, but he was he was the guy behind Randall Cobb in the slot there. He's no more. This is Cobb's job the rest of the season, and I think they are going to lean on him. So I think he's a really good floor PPR play the rest of the way, kind of like what we saw from Cole Beasley for a couple of years, what we saw from Randall Cobb back when he was with the Packers for so long. So Jen, I, I think it's a brilliant call, my friend. I'm very proud of you on this one. Thanks. Nate, any any additional thoughts on Cobby? Because you've, you've been hot on Cobby a couple times this year. Obviously, I think this is brilliant. The, the Packers think that they can make a playoff push, and maybe they can. They got to win out almost at this point. They win, but they're going to do everything they can. That includes Christian Watson in the red zone and Randall Cobb for reliability, reliability between the 20s. He's going to get fed. And Jen's 100% right. The reliable target is back. Rodgers is going to pepper him, hit Watson in the red zone. That's kind of where this offense is headed. But I think his floor is so incredibly reliable rest of the season, like Jen said. Yep. I'm I'm absolutely with you guys. Just want to say this has been a phenomenal show from Jen joining us here later on. Nate, you being alongside the whole ride. Um, we had some very passionate discussion today, and I love that. And, and so much passion from the, the chat today. The chat's been awesome, but between old, old subscribers coming back, we, we've seen Colt in the show and a lot of new faces here. Um, he's saying, love love the scope picks. Great show. Happy Thanksgiving, friends. Enjoy the holiday. We greatly appreciate that. From Cole, Albert, you know, everyone who's been supporting us tonight, this has been really fun. Of course, we got to shout out our guy Kyle on the back end. Not only does he come in and host some of our more fun segments on the show, 
but he edits these podcasts each and every week, never misses a week. So we really have to thank Kyle for, for doing what he does. Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Because I am feeling thankful. And Nate, you kind of, uh, Colin, kind of touching on just this today. Yeah. Uh, so as Thanksgiving comes around every year, I just kind of think about where I am in my life and things that have happened. And I'm two and a half years into this and it's pretty crazy. And I'm just, I'm thankful for our in-between media team. I'm thankful for everybody who tunes into our shows and reads our content and visits the website, buys our merch. Like, thank you, all of you. Thank you so much for making what we get to do on a daily basis possible because without you guys, there's no point. We'd be talking to a wall and what fun is that? I mean, I don't mind it, but there are a lot of people that wouldn't enjoy it so much. So uh, thank you for giving us this journey and for tuning in. And we hope you keep tuning in, tell your friends, tell your friends to like subscribe, check out what we're doing. Cause we're really freaking proud of it. Thank you, man. And, and uh, you know, Nate, I appreciate you riding with, with me shotgun all these times on the podcast. Jen, I know you're very proud of everything Nate has going on and everything you've been doing in this industry the last two and a half years. Um, any final thoughts as we kind of wrap this up and uh, send it in the holidays? Yeah, I mean, not to be too redundant, but absolutely what Nate said. I couldn't have said it better. This journey that we've been on and the journey that we're going to continue on is just so crazy and amazing and heartwarming and truly, truly the gratitude that you feel. Gratitude is a feeling that is different than thankfulness. Thankfulness can be fleeting. Gratitude is like depths of your soul. And that's that's where I am in our lives with this journey and just grateful and and proud and happy to be here. Greatly, greatly appreciate that that sentiment, Jen. Very powerful words. And you know, I, I just kind of want to echo what you guys said because this journey has made my life fulfilled meeting you guys meeting everyone on this team meeting everyone in our audience everyone we get to talk to on the streets you know when we're out and about and you know the the thing they always say they come back to us and they say you know you guys' content means something and at the end of the day like we wear our heart, hearts on our sleeve man like Nate if I don't like your call I'm going to come and tell you this if I think if I love what you're saying about life or something I'm going to tell you that like that's just how we are you know and and I appreciate the authenticity that you guys bring to this show each and every week. I appreciate the chat always coming in with whatever thoughts they have, asking us questions that maybe of, of things we're not talking about that we should be. Um, and, and that's powerful, man. And we're going to continue to do that here at IBT. We, we got a great holiday season coming up. I know it's a very stressful time, um, but guys, try to enjoy it. Try to take a little bit of rest and relaxation. Take some time for yourself because I know this is a time of doing and, and helping others, but we do have to prioritize ourselves as well. So with that all said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I love our Thanksgiving specials, one of my favorite shows of the year. Nate, you and I will be back on Friday night. Give people a little bit more time with their families. Um, until then, guys, keep it in between. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 